Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I am your host, Kevin Wallace, and boy, do we have a special episode for you. We are joined by FC Cincinnati goalkeeper, Evan Loro. He was so generous with his time telling us about his story, his playing career, and how he came to be at FC Cincinnati after a long, long career with the New York Red Bulls. Are the New York Red Bulls our rival? Something to think about. Uh, we also wrapped this up with a preview of the Nashville games. So buckle up, enjoy this episode, because this is your Cincy Postcast. Oh, and joining me to talk about... Well, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Guys, I've got I've got Grayson here. I've got the Chief here. But Chief, there hasn't really been any FC Cincinnati news. We've reserved this part of the pod for, for FCC breaking news, but I don't have anything right now. Let's say no news is good news. Not if you're in the news breaking or pot news discussing business on a podcast. It would have been nice to have <laughs> something happen this week. Yeah, yeah. All, all publicity is good publicity in, in some respects. But we have no publicity to talk about. Um, I mean, Grayson, what? What's the most notable thing this week? Uh, Salim Adams gets called up to the Ghana U23 team from FCC2. I'm, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for content once that, we're here. That, is, that just kind of like furthers the legends of the legend of Salim Adams, right? Like, <laughs> right. Salim Adams was somebody who we we signed from Ghana last year for FC FCC two, and never didn't, didn't hear, play. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he got here. Okay, I don't think he got here until like beginning of this year. Right. Remember, like, remember Birding like went to Ghana to like make nicey nice with the ambassador or yes. whatever to like get that stuff like through. <laughs> So now he's going back, I guess. So is Burning going to have to like go back? This is taken too. I didn't even <laughs> think about Adams. the fact that him getting called up might make it impossible for him to come back. But I guess that's on the table, given how hard it was to get him here in the first place. I mean, the American, I, I still, the American immigration system, notorious for being easy to navigate and offering no problems whatsoever. Hey, I put it out of my 18 the other week. OK, yeah. he's a. It's way out of my 18 after reading that MLS story about Obi. Yeah, no lie. Wow. That was, that's a terrible story. Great story. Great to see, see, you know, more, more from Waboto because man, he's, he's coming, he's, but he's looked great, looked great this year, but yeah. And especially when you realize what he's going through too, you know, like One (laughs) one of our owners is a fucking United States ambassador. She can't, she can't call. A couple countries over and say like, "Hey, can we get, uh, you know, can we, can we, can we get, can we get this to get this to happen here?" How does the league league not have a protocol for this? That this guy's a designated player, designated player. There's only two. There's only three of them on each team at most. This is these are allegedly supposed to be your highest paid, most marketable stars. The league doesn't have a policy in place to say 
if you sign here as a designated player, we have a team of people that will help your family relocate here, too. Wouldn't that just be part of the basic recruiting pitch to get people to come play in MLS? You know, he is a designated player, so any extra benefit he would get doesn't matter. It just doesn't gets matter. tacked yeah. onto the pile. Yeah. So, yeah, hire his wife to be a, a team employee, quote unquote, and sponsor her for whatever immigration process you need to get her here. Like, yeah, I, I don't have know. The league, I feel like this will work around. Have the league hire whoever the wives or whoever it is as a brand ambassador for MLS. They can make some bullshit thing up to get people over to the United States. Right. I don't know. That that was insane to read. If you didn't see it, MLSsoccer.com uh, did a profile on Wobodo. I'll drop a link to it in the uh, in the show notes here so you can read it. Really, really good rundown. Uh, his childhood and then his current situation where, yeah, he is – on his own. His family is still back in Nigeria. Um, Nigeria, right? I got that one right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, well, since, I mean, I said we had no news and then we actually had a couple of things we just talked about there. Uh, but since we don't have much to talk about uh, for FCC, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't just jump right on over to this interview uh, that we did. We were very, very thankful to be joined by a current FC Cincinnati player. This is, I believe, our first time getting somebody under contract for playing with FCC, Evan Loro. And I'm going to be very, very deliberate about how I pronounce this. And it's still Evan Loro. 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 Yeah. There I, you go. It's, Loro. You keep you keep wanting to put like the extra O at the end. Like There's, it's like it's Thoreau. It's like Loro. Like Lemieux. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if he was French, this would have worked out just fine. Uh, <laughs> no, we've got we've got Evan on uh to talk about uh his I mean, really his path to FC Cincinnati. Really, really good guy, really nice, uh, with some really funny stories in here. Uh so I really think you're gonna enjoy this. Uh after the interview, uh, we've got Nashville. We're, we're talking the, the Nashville game this weekend, predictions, preview, and you know we're probably just going to shit all over the city. So uh, enjoy this interview. Joining us tonight, we have a very, very special guest. We are very happy that he decided to spend uh, some time talking to us. Uh, we have the one and only FC Cincinnati goalkeeper, Evan Loro. Evan. How are you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> well, we're doing better now that Kevin pronounced your name correctly yeah, in the second go. take <laughs> of this introduction. <laughs> you did. You didn't need to mention the second take, but it's out there. It's out there. No, Evan, I need to start off with a uh, with a very hard hitting question here. This is on everybody's mind. I have it on good authority that at the University of Michigan, you kicked a 70 yard field goal. Could you outkick the Bengals, Evan McPherson? Listen, <laughs> I have bombs. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can, you know, go shot for shot with him, but he'd be sweating. I, I can't say that. I'll make him sweat. Was that's, that's, 70... an, that's an Ann Arbor weather too. That's no joke. That's no, 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 um... I was inside, 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 inside. Oh, inside, inside. Oh, okay, okay. okay. all right. <laughs> because the University of Michigan what, has an indoor practice facility, and the Bengals don't. So that I that mean, actually, I, I actually, I actually think the football team at Michigan has at least like three indoor. 
Was the 70 yards from a tee, though? Or, or did you have a placeholder? Oh, no, my roommate held it. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. That's impressive. Probably not a great hold either, but it was like uh, we had a uh, – it was like a social media thing, and it was like football before football because we played at, like right after the football team. Mm. So they had like me hitting some field goals and like, you know, field goals, what, like 30-something something yards normally. Sure. So I'm just like, you know, slinging it. I did some lefty. And I think that pissed some people off. And it was uh, it was uh, the year Michigan was having a bit of trouble with with kickers. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let's you know, Jimmy Harbs is in the office back there. Like you know, let's let's back it up. See see how far we can go. And I'm at like midfield, and I'm cleared it by you know a good 15 yards. And I'm like, I kept moving back, kept moving back. And I was like, I think the final one was like it was like 16 change, something like that. So bomb. Absolutely. Damn. Did, Damn. did you look did you look over at somebody and say, I thought this was supposed to be hard? Like all I hear about is how hard it is to kick field goals. And I, listen, I when I was hitting it lefty, I was like, Yeah, you guys are missing these. Like <laughs> but, no, it was good. It was fun. It was fun. I am always surprised that college football teams in particular that struggle with field goal kicking, not looking at my Bearcats at all, uh, <laughs> don't look at the various soccer players maybe right across whatever street to uh, to recruit from. It seems like an obvious fit. I know Josh Lambeau just retired, goalkeeper turned NFL kicker. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That, that feels like an easy transition there. So, yeah, I, don't know. I always tell my wife, if we ever need money and I'm retired, I'm just like, <laughs> well, I mean, every year there's a new spring football league that pops yeah. up. So you have like the XFL, the USFL. And if they can't find enough good kickers for the NFL, they damn sure don't have good kicking in the XFL. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah, I'll hang out with The Rock for sure. <laughs> you, got, you got some college eligibility left, don't you? I mean, you left oh, early. Yeah. 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 I got what do I got. I think I have one sports season. I left after two and a half years. So, mm. yeah, one season left. Um, but yeah, why not? <laughs> so if the Bearcats come calling next year and they need a kicker, is that a yes or a no from Evan Loreau? Well, <laughs> I think I'm technically a student still at Michigan. <laughs> I'm on a sabbatical. <laughs> oh, so I would have to, I guess, transfer. I don't know how that works. Then you go in the portal. Yeah, yeah I'll right. join the portal. Yeah. I'll field the offers. And, you know, you got that, what's it, NIA, NIL yeah. now? Just rolling some cash. <laughs> you could just have FCC pay for your image uh, and you're good. Like you're, you're kind of double dipping there. I like there this. We, there we go. <laughs> I feel like you don't get the true NIL experience unless you're selling T-shirts at the back of a car with the engine running, though. That's like <laughs> what I really think. Like when it comes to I mean, I go to Xavier games all the time and they have an NIL booth and the T-shirt booth is incredibly bootleg, but the shirts are absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah, they probably, probably make some good change, too, so. <laughs> so you end up at Michigan, but you spent most of your youth career with, if not all of your youth career, my bad, with the uh, the New York Red Bulls. How how was it like going to the Red Bull Academy? How do you, I don't know, how do you end up there in the first place? Were you recruited? Do you try out? What does that look like? Um, yeah, so, I mean, to put a long story short, um, back then, academies, the 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 youngest age was, I think it was like under 13 or under 14. 
um, for like a full fledged, like free Academy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I was 12, I think. Yeah. And I was playing for, you know, a local like travel, I guess, you know, club team, what you call it. Um, but we didn't have like a full-time keeper coach like at the club because, you know, it was just, you know, a small town travel team. Yeah. So at that point I started getting pretty serious about being a keeper. Um, and my parents were looking for goalkeeper training. So Red Bull does this. I'm, I'm sure all MLS teams do this, but they have, you know, like, I guess they're camps. You sign up for like eight weeks, you know, once a week you go meet at a place and, you know, train, whatever. So I went there um, and I was, I think I was 11 or 12 and I started going to those and those coaches, you know, it was a Red Bull, it's called RDS, Red Bull Development School. Hmm. So they basically use that to identify talent for the academy once they reach of age. And I was, I was 12 and I was going with like, you know, the 14s, 15s, some 16s. Um, and they were like, hey, you know, you're pretty good. Why don't you come to, you know, the academy? You, you know, you'll be playing up, but, you know, we think you can handle it, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, I went and the keeper that I was behind, he was, you know, 14. He actually got called to, to residency. So he left after I was there for two weeks. So I kind of had to start playing. <laughs> wow. So I was like, my first game we lost, but I saved the penalty and I was like, let's go. So then I like got all the respect from everybody real quick. And, you know, I just kind of, you know, just went from there. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. It, it was always interesting too, because everybody that I know with, you know, little kids has, has kids in these travel teams and whatnot. It is interesting that there is, there is a path, there is a way that you end up in these academy systems like this. Yeah. And especially I think nowadays, now that it's kind of like branched out to, you know, I see, I see kids that are like eight, nine, at, you know, playing for, you know, MLS academies and stuff like that. So I definitely think like over time, it's kind of like, trickle down and, and you can you can get some of these these players way younger yeah so when that when that first penalty shot happens in your first game two weeks into your academy stint are you thinking to yourself man i gotta save this they're gonna kick my ass out <laughs> I, it was it was weird it was like we i remember we were somewhere in connecticut and it was like it was like one of the first couple games of the year so it was like still cold out I was freezing. All the parents were like sitting in cars and like my gloves are wet. So I can't like feel my hands. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, of course. Oh, sorry. My baby bottle cleaner just went off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, like, I was like, you know, the kid fouled, you know, the other guy. And I'm like, of course, like penalty goal, like sick. Thanks guys. Um, and then I saved it and it, it just gave me like, like a boost they could tell actually I, I think Miazga was actually playing in the game because i've known mm. Matt since i was like that age yeah you guys were like national champions right oh yeah yeah we we slung the rock uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i remember like they all like turned around and looked at me and they're like this kid's all right so after that i was like all right cool like they don't hate me sweet <laughs> how when you are teammates with someone like Matt Miazga, you know, all those years ago in the academy to becoming teammates last year, how much is that familiarity still there? Is it just sort of like a neat thing you guys are on a team or did you like immediately like catch up as like old friends or whatever? I'm curious that dynamic. Yeah. I mean, we always kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say like Matt and I were like best friends talk every right. day, 
Um, but we were, you know, I was, uh, you know, really cool with him. And, you know, obviously we, he signed homegrown a couple years before me at Red Bull. And then, you know, obviously he went to Chelsea and, and, you know, we talked every once in a while, like, you know, normal. And neither of us knew that we were both coming here. I think I got here like a day before him. Wow. Like a day or two before. So um, I was on trial here for like I think <coughs> four days total. And obviously he was he was coming here to sign and they had us doing our medicals at the same time. So I like opened up okay. the doctor's office and, you know, this big goon standing there. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what the hell are you doing here? He's like, what are you doing here? It's like, well, it's one like of that, us has like, to leave. Yeah, it's like that, you know, that Spider-Man meme where it's like. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, oh, I'm signing here. I'm like, oh, no way, sweet. I was, and he's like, you know, what, what do you, what's going on with you? I was like, man, I'm just training and seeing where it goes um and then they ended up signing me and then it was cool because you know you're both coming into a new place like at least you have somebody right um, right that you that you have some familiarity with so no it definitely helped a lot yeah that's that's really cool i didn't realize you guys had had your timing like that so much yeah that was um, great. yeah so then walk me through the thought process then of leaving the Red Bull Academy to go pursue the college playing career. Is that a, you know, uh, just looking to make sure you got your degree? You're, you're looking out for for a post-playing career? Or was that a a, a game-playing decision, a, a notice-me-in-the-draft decision? Uh, what what all goes into that? That was not a me decision. That was a mom decision. <laughs> <laughs> Fair uh, enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I wanted nothing to do with college because I, I had spoken with with Red Bull and we were pretty like, you know, they, they were talking about signing me and they were they were even saying like, listen, even just go to school for six months and then leave, like do a one and done just to, you know, play a season of games, kind of like what you said. Um, but then the GM there got fired. Oh. And it took like an extra year, um, which, which was fine. Like, I, you know, I went to a good school and, I, you know, I played a lot of games and all that stuff, but I wanted nothing to do with it. I, I mm. got, you know, I got the, you know, recruiting letters and they would just like be on my kitchen table. And my mom's like, listen, it was like a week before I kind of have to figure this out. She's like, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta start windling this down. And I was like, <laughs> pick five. <laughs> she like so, you know she picked the best you know schools yeah you know, yep. you know she didn't understand soccer or anything like that uh, <laughs> but uh you know we went to i went to a couple of schools and then you know michigan being one of them and i was like yeah you know michigan seems cool and i had a couple teammates and, you know matt was actually going to go to michigan too that's really. hilarious yeah and i had a another teammate from from the academy who's my roommate in college he was his best man well, supposed to be the best man at my wedding but he got covid um you know ruined mm. the day but whatever what a joke right. <laughs> <laughs> how dare he <laughs> but um yeah no i and it, it ended up being a really good decision i you know like i said great school school wise and soccer was good and you know big school so you got a lot of stuff going on um but yeah, I mean it was a it was a wild ride, but worked out. Yeah. Did um did have any of your friends from the University of Michigan given you any grief about coming to Ohio, or is that Ohio State is that Ohio Michigan thing not so much in the soccer community? I honestly, I I think it. <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of stick. <laughs> 
Um, I think it's more coming from the Ohio side. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, even like, you know, living here for a couple months, you know, my wife and I'll be some, you know, we went to Home Depot for something for our house and like the guy's like, oh, like, you know, you guys knew in the area. She's like, yeah, like, you know, we're from Jersey, but you know, he's, he's lived around here. He lived in Michigan. He went to school in Michigan. I'm like, Morgan, shut up. <laughs> you can't be telling people here that. that you, you know, know you, get that, you get that like, oh, like kind of look. Um, you know, it does matter way less in Cincinnati because this Cincinnati, and I, look, no, no disrespect. I'm an Ohio State guy. Uh, I, went, I went to Ohio State. But Cincinnati, they, they do not like Ohio State around here. Yeah, that, and that's kind of like over time I've noticed that yeah. everyone's like you know a, a Bearcats fan and and all, and all that. So like it's kind of like a happy medium where like people don't you know pitchfork outside my house and stuff like that. So, <laughs> but no, it's been good. It's been good. Oh no, that's that's great. The um, no, so I just like I don't want to like walk through your Wikipedia article here, which is what I feel like I'm doing. But I am I am very curious about what goes into a professional career. Uh, what you know? Can you tell me a little bit about the 2019 Supporter Shield winning team of the New York Red Bulls? What it was like to be in and around that organization when that was going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've been I've been fortunate to be around some some pretty great teams and some unbelievable players even you know when i was first starting at red bull like thierry Henry was still at red bull mm. um, rafa marquez was still at red bull tim cahill was still at red bull so you got like like elite of the excuse me elite of the elite um so that was really cool just to see kind of <clears throat> how they operate every day and yeah 2019 was uh, it was pretty crazy i mean we had a like you know good individuals don't get me wrong but we were just like a good team all around um, yeah. good leadership and all this stuff like that and I think it came down to like the final day it was like two points between us and like Atlanta so like you know I give Alec a bunch of stick I'm like yeah, supporter shield <laughs> <laughs> but then he's like yeah but I won the thing everybody cares about so <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. Um, so so to put a different sort of spin on Kevin's question, wh- how early on in a season do you know that a team's got it for the year? Honestly, you you find out pretty early. I think, um, you know, once once you start winning those games that you're not supposed to win, you know what I mean? Like stuff's not going your way, bounces, you know, all that. And, you know, later in the game, you nick one, you get a point, you know, you, you get a, a game where – you've been outshot like 10 to one and you score the one. Like I, that's in my opinion, that's kind of like when I know like, okay, something's going on. Kind of like this past weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, uh-huh. is, it, is it too yeah. soon to know or, or is the Chicago game the exact kind of game that you're, that you're talking about? Those are the games when you can win the dirty games. That's a good, that's a good sign. I like that. I like, I mean, I don't want you to jinx anything, but I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I like what you're saying a whole lot. Um, Speaking of dirty games, I do, I don't want to let this go and I don't really know a good, a good place to insert it, but people uh, (laughs) listening to this will probably, probably don't know that they've seen you play in Cincinnati before. And it was a 2018 uh, playoff game where you, you broke our hearts. We had the, 
uh, best team in USL and mm. your uh, <laughs> Red Bulls too knocked this knocked this out of the playoffs. Yeah, no, that was a fun year. <laughs> yeah, explain yourself. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it was kind of just like a perfect storm. You know, you guys, well, us, I guess now, um, you know, had all this momentum behind the team and the city and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that the team that I was on, we had a bunch of kids. Like, I think the average age was like 21, 22. I was 21, I think, at the time. And, like, you know, you just get that, like, extra buzz and extra adrenaline and stuff like that. And we scored one. It was kind of like what I was saying. You know, we scored one. Like, we got absolutely popped. You guys bebopped us around everywhere. Um, And we just nicked one goal, and we just kind of hunkered down. And, you know, defenders made blocks. I made some saves. You know, we kind of just, like, hunkered down in it. You know, time ran out. But good experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad one person on this podcast had a good experience. That game. <laughs> I've always maintained that on just a purely sporting level, not not really like, uh, you know, between fans or even between players, although I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are, that FC Cincinnati and the Red Bulls have had a pretty good rivalry for years now. Like the Red Bulls have been the villain uh, in a lot of FC Cincinnati moments with that playoff moment knocking us out of the open cup earlier in the usl run mm-hmm. uh, to uh finally getting the first playoff win in mls history for fcc against the red bulls they've kind of been there at each of those moments is am i wrong in thinking that there's something there no i mean now now that you kind of say it, it makes i i didn't realize it before but yeah i mean a lot of big moments between both teams and seems like pads are starting to cross and <laughs> roots are starting to grow and, and stuff like that so no it's it's a you know i like to think that we hate everybody the same my opinion yep. is how i i i go about it um that's a but, philosophy of this podcast too yeah i mean we hate everybody who's not us yeah you're not yeah you're not on my team see ya <laughs> but and as soon as you're good. on our team all is forgiven to yeah, be clear well, yes well, good. <laughs> <laughs> So another FCC fan favorite that uh, a lot of people enjoyed his time, especially in USL, was uh, Forrest Lasso, who became a teammate of yours and the uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. How is Forrest as a teammate? Oh, he's a good dude. Great dude. Great dude. Uh, very vocal, as uh, I'm sure you guys you guys know. Um, very loud. Let's let's everybody know when he <laughs> when he blocks something or uh, stuff like that. But yeah, he's you know he's the locker next to mine in Tampa. Um, you know, I thought we had a lot of success together, and yeah, great dude. Yeah, no, it's it's rule number one in life: let everyone know you're here at all times. Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, no, Grayson, I I want you to ask this question because you found this, and I I want your research to be rewarded. There was a uh, there was a question about minivans, both from this preseason and from before. Grayson, if you would if you would like to to dig this up, yeah, okay. So Pat Pat Brennan wrote the article. I don't know if you saw it in Society Enquirer about your guys' minivan trips, uh, in down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the goalkeeper's van sounds like it was very entertaining. Roman described you as a total vibes guy. Um, <laughs> but what like was, a thing to say. 
what was what was missing from the article was I found is that you're actually quite experienced uh, captaining minivans on these trips, right? Didn't yeah. you didn't you run a few a few vans down a Red Bull? Yeah, no, I don't listen. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about my face or what it is, but everyone just keeps handing me keys, and I, know I got the keys. So, we, how it works is we, we, we uh, at Red Bull, I had to drive because none of them were driving. Um, half of them didn't even have licenses. Um, but we, you know, we get it like a WhatsApp message. All right, these are the guys that are going to have keys and. And they just said, Evan and Alec have keys. And they handed me the keys. And I was like, there you go, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> Alec, you know, you know how Alec is like a dad. Even though I'm the only dad in the Hebrew Union, but <laughs> he is like a dad. So he's like, all right, you know, get in his minivan and, you know, seatbelt on, guys. <laughs> and two. Um, i will turn this car around if you people don't quiet down in the back yeah, yeah. like you know stop really short turn around if something's going on back there like you guys done um, did he ever make you like change your music or did he let you did he let you run with that no he's yeah he's 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 the man i love alec he's uh he's pretty open to whatever so, with, what's with what songs are playing in the minivan there depends depends on the kind of day we're gonna have i mean you know if we've if we got a paul rogers special where you know we're flying around and stuff tossing some metallica uh, <laughs> if, if it's a chill day we get some house you know good vibes little little bass windows down and clear water you know uh, rome rome is this like closet rap head so he just likes like old school gunna and like <laughs> Uzi. so i was like wrong my guy gunna. You, buddy. <laughs> so yeah we, we just, you know spread it out oh, it's an underrated skill in life knowing how to read the car or read the day of the week where it's like i i got you no matter what you're feeling i got a playlist for that or i got a i got a vibe for that i like that yeah even on the way home you know you can tell if some people are you know irritated with you know just the training and stuff like that and i try to I am very guilty of this also because I I'm known to have a good head loss. Um, but yeah, I try to, once you step off the field, you get in the van, day's done, move on, you know? So toss some Spanish music on, get Alex, you know, hips moving a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to know, I, I want to know about like kind of your, your recruitment, you know, into Cincinnati. So you were at you were at Tampa. You had a lot of success. You won what gold, golden, golden glove yep. uh, for uh, USL. And we know you you took some time off. You had some some injuries. We don't need to to necessarily like revisit all that. But um, what what was your road to Cincinnati? Like, yeah, what drew you to the to the to the team? What was the like? Did you re, did your reps reach out to the team or they reach out to you like kind of how'd that play out yeah um i mean i i'll go i'll go through the injury because it honestly doesn't, doesn't bother me at all and and sure yeah, I, I tore i tore my acl um mm. i did it celebrating so you got you can laugh it's fine 
No, I'm, I'm from I'm from Tampa originally, like Martin Gramatica, the Gramatica brothers, like yeah. celebrating and tearing your ACL. That's that's old hat to us down there. Oh, yeah. So you get it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it was super weird. Uh, I was just like, that didn't feel right. And then uh, I was like, no, it's, you know, it's fine. I walked out. I, I like walked in the locker room. I was jump. I was like hopping up and down. And I was like, no problem. I was like, OK, maybe I like twisted something, whatever um then they're like you know we should get a x-ray make sure nothing's broken maybe they were like maybe your your kneecap dislocated or something and i was like okay fine you know it's back in so looks great um and then they were like yeah you you tore everything i was like oh no way i was like there's no way um so i was like listen let me i i know from my time at red bull like a lot of orthopedic surgeons up in new york like really good ones. Um, so I got in touch with a couple, couple of my old, you know, trainers and stuff like that. And they sorted me out. They were great. Um, and basically, you know, had the surgery. They're like, you know, we're not going to know until we go in. So no problem. I knew I was out at that point for an extended period of time. So I was like, at this point, they actually told me first, I needed two surgeries and I'd be out 18 months. Mm. So at that point, oh, my dog's about to bark. Don't you dare. <laughs> uh, it's right we'll, we'll credit him as a guest on the podcast too yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah i was like at this point 18 months that's a long time so i'm like you know all right well start looking for a job or going back to school because i'm done um and i you know i got surgery and they're like yep you you did tear your acl but then, you know that's it and i was like oh okay sweet so um still you know not sure about kind of what was going to happen so i i live in jersey i live kind of by the shore Um, (laughs) (laughs) so the only place i could do the best pt place that you can go to is in manhattan Mm. i was driving from jersey to manhattan four times a week oh i had to be there at 6 a.m Oh no. Manhattan, a famously easy place to drive in and out of. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. All of the easy access with bridges and tunnels. Yeah, it's great. Very cheap, uh, very <laughs> inexpensive to get around. Yeah. Very cheap to park, also. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, you know, driving there. I leave my house at like 4 30. Oh. And I get there, two hours parking, $40. Toll, $15 each way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stab in the heart. You know, I don't have a team, so I'm not getting paid. Yeah. Right. right. I'm just oh, paying for all yeah. of this out of pocket. Taylor um, Ham on the way there, $10. Oh, yeah. Wawa. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, after like two, uh, probably like a month, I was like, okay, like, you know, I feel okay. Maybe I can, you know, maybe I can play. And then like two months goes by, and like my, my PT's like, listen, chill, slow down. Cause I'm like, you know, squatting, um, running. I'm like two months and I'm like, I can, uh, I'll be fine now. And that, that kind of, once I saw like the little dim light, I was like, sweet. So the earliest I could get them to clear me was five months. Mm. That was like the absolute, like, you know, I did all the tests, passed all the tests, all that stuff. And even like the surgeon that, you know, did my knee, he's like, primarily does a lot of basketball he's like the surgeon for like the nets and the knicks and and stuff like that so they're you know 
it's a lot more on your knees, you know, jumping up and down like that. So he tends to go nine months. Mm. So I had to meet like, (laughs) (laughs) and and my PT, to be fair, Patrick, uh, he was on my side and he was like in there battling for me. So once I got like that piece of paper that said like, I'm cleared, I was like, okay, sweet. So I was like training on, on my own, like for like a month at this point. Um, I actually had a buddy that recently retired and he had a couple months before he started his job. So he's like, yeah, like I'm not doing anything. So legend, Kevin Potts, shout out Kev. Um, so I start training and my agent's like, listen, you know, we got a couple of teams that, you know, they'll, they'll take a look at you. Like you can, worst case, you just get some actual real training in. So I'm like, okay, sweet. So I, you know, fly out to these, I won't say the teams, but I fly out to a couple of teams and the last one i was like i I thought it was going to work out and i was feeling good then i you know they had some issues with their roster so they didn't Mm. have a spot so they they were like we'll sign you but you know we don't have a spot so i was like oh screw this at this point i was pissed off so i fly back and i think it's like a monday and i land it's maybe like 1 p.m and by like 4 p.m., my agent texts me again. He's like, hey, man, like, you free? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So he calls me. He's like, hey, you want to go to Cincy? And I'm I'm having a kid at this point. Like, my wife's like four mm-hmm. months pregnant. I need insurance. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, just, I turned 26 in Jan- the, that January. This was maybe June. So I had oh. just, like, I'm not on my parents' insurance anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so I was, I was like, I need a job. <laughs> this so, is incredibly relatable, by the way. So right. please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I guess um, Kenneth Vermeer, who was here last year, got, um, legend, by the way, what a guy. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So I guess Paul, you know, it's the middle of the year. So you know, slim pickings for, for keepers. Um, so I guess Paul, you know, has had followed me my whole career i actually trained with paul when i was like 14 in residency wow okay yeah, he has the dvd still he records every session <laughs> um, so i guess he spoke to to hunter um and hunter reached you know reached out to my agent it's like yeah you know have him out like we'll see you know how he's doing you know how his knee is stuff like that i said okay sweet you know i'll go worst case i get some training so I came and like after like two days, you know, I saw the doctor. That's when I ran into Matt. And then like that that evening, they're like, yep, yeah, you know, we'll sign you. And I was like, all right, sweet. So worst case, I got insurance for my son being born on January 1st. <laughs> oh, man. And timing good. is everything. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like the the club like you know chris and pat and and paul have been unbelievable about it even because i had to leave a week early for my son mm-hmm. right so because my wife was in jersey this whole time by herself oh no pregnant, with a dog oh, man um so they were like listen go and i was like you know i i emptied my locker i'm like they're not gonna pick up my house i was here for two months i'm like you know but got insurance till january 1st <laughs> So that's the main I, thing here yeah so i cleaned down my locker i you know i took everything i was like they're not gonna have me back which you know fair enough um and then i was home for like a week and 
all the staff texting me asking me like how's everything going like because we're waiting you know for her to give birth stuff like that like every day and I was like oh yeah that's cool then and then uh you know Pat called me like I think it was like the day before the Philly game Mm. he was like listen you know I don't want you to stress about this like we're gonna you know pick up your option and and they weren't telling people for like a month wow yeah Yeah. he's like you know just don't worry about it like you handle what you got to handle like we're picking up your option you know can't wait to have you here next year and I know it's a little thing and I know that's like but like just that like little sense of security I'm like all right sick so I don't have to find a new place to live with a newborn yeah Um, so yeah so flipping sorry roller coaster (laughs) you you can swear and that's worth swearing for man that's fucking awesome that's incredible (laughs) a small small part of you upset that you hauled all that stuff back to new jersey when you could have just left it there (laughs) so mad (laughs) i also am like i i got a storage unit here in case like and i was like worst case like i'm in jersey i'm like eight hours away i can just drive to wherever i'm going drive here pick it up leave right and you know when i don't know if everybody knows like you know knows this but like when you move teams in mls like when you sign they give you a moving stipend oh yeah that's fun sweet so you know i i didn't have a long-term place here because you know it's for like a couch a bed furniture Mm -hmm. you know stuff that you do your house with so i'm like all right what will i need like i bought strollers (laughs) <laughs> you know like you know what's the baby bouncers yeah stuff like yeah that. and um i had like a bunch of money left over because i didn't know and, and you you use it or you lose it right so like once i kind of found out i was staying i bought like a pizza oven <laughs> <laughs> i got a pizza oven i got you know a bunch of household like appliances i got like washer dryer stuff you know, you know nice stuff like so no, nah, it was cool. It worked out in the end, but yeah, I was, you know, I drove like a giant U-Haul back from Jersey. <laughs> nightmare. Oh man! So that, so, so I gotta yeah. ask: when you do use the pizza oven, what what's your go-to for pizza? Ooh, uh, I'm still dabbling on how to like get it perfect, but like I got, um, I like I, I'm a big vodka sauce pizza guy. Ooh. Oh, oh yeah. love that! Yeah, yeah. Love that! Yeah. Love yeah. that for you. Little, little, you know, little regret, little this, little that, some pepperoni, turkey pepperoni, because trying to watch the figure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just simple stuff. I don't need no nonsense, but I'm still learning how to, I've only used it like four or five times. Just that like uni one. Yep. Yep. Um, It's pretty sweet though. Oh man. That's great. How does, how does La Rosa's compare for a Jersey guy? Oh man, don't ask him that. <laughs> I want to. I want to oh, hear. No, I want to no, hear. It. I want no, the straight I'll answer, dope. I'll answer for him. It doesn't. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a funny story. <laughs> so the guys who on game days on home games that aren't rostered, um, there's like a, a family suite upstairs on the fourth floor, and then there's like a room for just players to watch. So you know, you, players go in, and there's food out for the families and stuff, and they have you know boxes of pizza. And I walk over and it's La Rosa's. And are they a sponsor of us? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. They used to have the pizza at 
Nippert. But I don't know if I've seen it at TQL. Can I? I don't know. Can I get sued? Shit on them. It's fine. You're fine. We'll cut uh, it out if it. If uh, we have uh, to. Uh, 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 they they do have a booth at the FC Cincinnati Stadium at TQL. It looks like. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Roll those I, dice. I, I walked in and I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, pizza. And I, you know, I I opened it and it looked. I I. It didn't look what I was accustomed to. <laughs> I look. I forget. I'm, I'm sorry. I forget his name. But one of the it was one of the interns. I looked at him. I'm like, this should be illegal, mate. And, <laughs> and he's. I think he's from Boston, so he like he gets it. <laughs> he's like yeah it's not as you know how's different i was like yeah. it's yeah. not that different <laughs> i was like yeah fair enough and then you know i i actually everyone wants to you know brandon is a big pizza guy and we you know in tampa when we went to clearwater for preseason you know i should i obviously i lived there for two years so i knew all the spots so like you know the brevy boys we call it because we uh we uh you know the breville coffee machine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, matt we have one at the stadium and matt <laughs> made them bring it to preseason <laughs> 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 like after every meal we're all going to the you know the, the training room where it was like headquartered and we're getting, <laughs> getting brevels um but yeah we took we went to a bunch of italian spots and Brandon keeps wanting to come here to try this pizza oven, but he'll, he'll make his way. He's, I'll bring it to his house. He's, he's probably got a much bigger house than me. So. <laughs> you got to be careful I, with Brandon and food, because if he goes publicly saying he eats, you know, your pizza, he'll have to be tweeting about that. He ate pizza before every game for the rest of the year. Just like, yeah. just like the pancakes. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah <for> sure. <laughs> I, I have heard tell that there is a really good New York pizza place in Evendale called trophy pizza. I've had two friends that have gone there that are actual east coast people that have sworn that it's as close as you'll get to actual new york pizza in cincinnati where's evendale it's like up i-70 <laughs> up i-75 north it's like okay. uh you just take i-75 and you keep driving north and then like right before you hit 275 evendale's like in that area right there all right but it's called trophy pizza allegedly it's really really good okay i've never been so i can't i can't endorse it Listen, I'm, I'm always <laughs> i'm always finding little spots so is there, trophy pizza if you're listening we do accept sponsorship dollars um, <laughs> so is there i mean is there anything that you know like how have you how have you like cincinnati is there, is there anything that you have you know enjoyed any spots you found that you're like you know this is this is my like i, I like this restaurant you know that, that yeah, type of thing. Yeah, yeah yeah so like we we um my my wife it's kind of hard because we, we got a four month old now but we we took him uh we took him to a a tavola yeah, oh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But we went at like 3 p.m. So like I didn't if it was I didn't, you know, I was scared if it was like crying. I was like, I, you know, I don't want to ruin someone's dinner. Um, but that was good. Big fan of that. Um Taglio pizza is not bad either. Yeah. I'm a fan but, of Taglio. Yeah. yeah like Detroit, if you gotta like the Detroit style. Yeah, if you like right. Detroit style, yeah, it's a completely different experience. Say, yeah, just Detroit style. I haven't had the other kind because I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> just get the Detroit style. You're yeah, you're yeah. good with that. Um, but that's good. Um, we went to a, a place recently. It's uh, where is it in the Liberty Center? Mm. It's called it's outside uh, of my wheelhouse. It's Cooper's Hawk. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, one. Yeah. There's one up in. There's one up in Kenwood as well, I think. Yeah, and that 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 was pretty good. I mean, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I I think I haven't like ventured downtown like the. You know, Brandon's like, "Oh, you got to go to Pep and Dolores," and I was like, <laughs> "What <laughs> you saying? Just like that too? <laughs> what What you got to do? Pep and Dolores is great. What you got to do is like go to Soto. If you haven't been to Soto, to. yeah, that yeah. place is hard to get into. Maybe maybe as a FC Cincinnati player, you can pull some strings, but typically it's like, all right, where can I get a reservation two months out? Yeah, really, like that. It's been it's been crazy. Although my wife and I went last friday and we were able to get bar seating at like the bars the at like 7 yeah. p.m yeah. yeah but that's think, that's like that's very much touch and go you know yeah i think my uh i think my my mom is is coming here in a couple of weeks to like hang out and she'll babysit and I'll, I'll, my wife and i'll probably try to try to venture out because it's hard you know we got a stroller and stuff like that um and i got two dogs so i don't want to be like out too late to feel bad <laughs> <laughs> no, but, use no, the babysitter bad. when you can, man. That yeah. don't feel bad. Everybody did before. You got to yeah. use it. <laughs> so I got to ask this question, sort of to sort of pivot it back to the team. What are the vibes yeah. like in the locker room right now? Yeah, oh, great vibes. One of what? On four undefeated teams. You'll take I mean, that. Like, like I said, you know, winning those scrappy, dirty games that you're not supposed to win, like that, that does a lot, and. You know, you really find out the uh, the character of the group, and you know, even like when we're not having our best day to you know pull something out, that's a that's a really good sign. So vibes are good, vibes are great. Does it as feel different? Guy, yeah, right, right. As the vibes guy, obviously, yeah. Yeah. we need a yeah, vibe yeah. check from you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is are the vibes different uh, than the end of last year? Like, is is there another gear this team's at, or is it picked up right where you left off? I think it's I think it's picked up right where it's kind of left off. I think, you know, last year, obviously, you know, only being here two months, just just from being around the league and stuff like that, seeing, you know, how kind of FC Cincinnati, you know, started, um, you know, wasn't kind of what everybody hoped for, I, I would say, in the beginning. Um, but, you know, this this new regime, you know, Chris um, bringing in this whole staff, you know, them bringing in all of their players that, you know, suit how they want to play and stuff i think now that we you know have a full preseason everyone's there on time kind of getting all that kind of stuff going i think that's helped a lot and it like it's kind of you know you want to you want to peak at the right time and we are i think going in the right direction for sure Oh, that's fantastic. Now, you've been incredibly generous with your time so i don't want to take any more time really really appreciate your time here absolutely thank you guys for having me it was fun And we're back. And uh, again, do you know how to pronounce, you you know how to pronounce his name now? Do you understand that now? Lauro. There we go. There we go. There, there we, we go. go. Old dogs, new tricks. <laughs> and he's teammates with Alex Khan. I understand. Completely. Alec. Alec Khan. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> no, no. Thank you, David. I, um, I really like that interview and I really want the team to pursue, uh, uh, a regular weekly content piece with him making pizzas with his pizza maker. I feel like that or, needs to or happen. fancy coffee. I mean, any like around the coffee maker, around the Bravel. You could do like, you could do coffee talk. Like he's a gregarious guy. You could have him 
sit down next to the bevel with, you know, another player and they just have a coffee together and talk for five minutes. Was I the only one when he was telling that story, like just the idea of that, like baggage claim, just a really fancy coffee machine, just circling slowly (laughs) waiting for someone to pick it up. (laughs) The token luggage tag hanging off the side. Yeah, (laughs) they they made somebody like drive that down, right? They absolutely did. (laughs) It was riding shotgun. It stopped at a couple buckies along the way. It's like Dan, Dan McNally. It's like, it's like, a, like a racer fan. It's got like a seatbelt on the coffee maker. <laughs> it's like in the front seat with him. He's yeah. I did love he that. It, <laughs> I did love that they had to bring that coffee maker that nobody could just buy another one while they were down there. That it had to have been brought down. I love that. Uh, so. Um, Hey there, this is Kevin in editing telling you that we actually recorded this section before Marco Angulo got called up to the Ecuadorian national team, this international window. So we don't mention it here around that same time. We also got confirmation Kubo is hurt and will be missing this game. So maybe look for one of the youngsters or Donia's Pinto or Jimenez to take their spots, but who knows? Anyway, enjoy the rest of the episode here. So with all that, uh, gentlemen, we have a uh, we have a MLS match to talk about this weekend, and FC Cincinnati faces off against r- rival Nashville SC. Chief, I, I go to you on all things rivalry. Is Nashville a rival? No, I don't consider Ooh. Nashville a rival. I consider the rivals of FC Cincinnati Louisville and Columbus. I will accept arguments that New York is a rival but nashville who's nashville who are you they they've been out of sight out of mind they got a couple weirdo fans online which i think makes this seem more like a rivalry than it really (laughs) is because they have they're one of the few teams in mls that has identifiable weirdos as fans of the team which speaking as an identifiable weirdo (laughs) in the fc cincinnati face that's fan base that's perpetually online um, I, I do recognize that game, recognize game, but no, I don't consider Nashville a rivalry. Not at all. I mean, no, I don't want to go to Nashville to watch these games either. Like Nashville is, it's an overpriced, overproduced city filled with people who think brunch is a culture. And it's just, it's, if you've ever been to Nashville, it's, it's not any place that you ever want to go. So why would I, why would I consider them a rival? They're just, it's, they are, they are not, we are not the same. They they do have a lot of Twitter weirdos and like look we're kind of Twitter weirdos but I think we keep kind it of. mostly we keep it mostly like in house you know yeah. like I want to joke around with like you know FC and like other FC fans like you're not gonna find me in the in the replies of like other teams tweets like trying to talk trash to their social media uh, person. But like every time FC Cincinnati puts out a tweet, it feels like it, it, it gets full of like Nashville fans, Philly fans and Columbus fans. And yeah. that's like that's like a little pathetic to me. Yeah. Like that you're that you're worried about like another team, especially like a team that's like. Like, I'm not ashamed to say it been below you like most of the history. And you're just like so threatened by this like little modicum of success that. That we've had that you're just 
you're just screeching about spoons at the top of your lungs and buying like baby onesies that say like Cincinnati three spoons on them, which like, I'm sorry, that that should get a visit from social services. Um, I know a guy. But um, so like I saw it, I saw one of those weirdos before I muted him, put like pictures of like Cincinnati and pictures of Nashville I was like, which would you visit? And it was like very like it was kind of perfect because the pictures of Nashville was like crowded Broadway Street and then a picture of like their riverfront. And it's like, yes, that's my Nashville experience. I see thousands of the worst people I've ever seen. And then I want to jump in the river. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like sh- like flexing with like pictures of what people think of Nashville. That shit sucks. I'm sorry. Right. It sucks. Like if you do it more than once a year, you have a you are living a sad, sad life. <laughs> um, it, it's it's like those guys who those like lifestyle flex guys, like your success win grind set guys. Yeah, they'll yeah. be like work hard, play hard. It'll be a picture of like the wettest, blackest steak you've ever seen. <laughs> and yes, yes. You're like, man, like this. In this, front of a rented supercar. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Or like, the, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I've come around to it. Like, they're super annoying. But ultimately, like, from a team perspective, they're like every other MLS team to me. There's one or two guys on the team that I just fucking despise, <laughs> right? Yeah, my- in every every team that we've played in MLS has like like there's like Chino up in NYCFC, right? Um, Aaron Long is one for me. Jordan uh, Morris, sure. Dax, Dax McCarty, uh, for who did he kick last year? I don't remember, but I do remember getting yelled at multiple tweets, by the way, by Dax McCarty's wife for some reason. And oh, I don't yeah, remember she posted a picture how that just happened. Like a homeless person walking in. The, I don't want to give. I don't want to. Yeah, go. yeah. It was very no, weird. It, it was, that, that's a that's a Twitter thing that that can. Yeah, that I mean, can we, go ahead and die. We are, we are the podcast that advocates for the fight button on Twitter. So I, I, can't, I can't get that mad at reply guys on uh, the national side of things. Having said that, the ultimate denominator for what makes a rivalry for me is what level of existential dread do I have about losing a match? Like mm-hmm. I am already like existential dread about losing a match to Columbus. I just don't right. feel that here. I want to win. But the reason why I want to win is I want three points and I want to continue building on the undefeated season and banking points for a supporter shield run. It doesn't matter who we're playing this week. When you say, oh, we're playing Nashville, it's like, OK, cool. It could be RSL for all I care. It's just it's not it doesn't matter to me. I mean, maybe I'm not precluding down the road. I have feelings that come about one way or the other as a result of this. But as it stands right now, as we record here in mid-March of 2023, I just don't give a fuck. I yeah. I, I want to win, but I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's not a... It, it's If we lose, it's going to be like, I'm going to feel as bad as I feel whenever they lose. And I'll probably just have to stay off Twitter for like a day just because all the... Because I know my my timeline will just get polluted. <laughs> but um other than that like it's not going to be like columbus i mean right. it could it could be but it's not gonna be, it's not because it's nashville right we could lose on like a terrible offside 
you know, or some like some like absolute bullshit that will piss me off for a few days. But like the mere fact of losing uh, to Nashville. You know, it's it's like it's like every other team. And I want to add one more thing about the city of Nashville, because Kevin cut this from a previous (laughs) pod. Um, The one thing that like I did, I did enjoy in Nashville that you can't get anywhere else is I went to a show at the Ryman Auditorium. But that show is like now illegal. Like it was an Orville Peck show. Yeah. And now like because of t- Tennessee, like you can't even do that. So there's really no reason for me to go there at this point. Yeah. No, it's no, uh, it's not great. No, N- Nashville, it, it, it used to be until Grayson corrected me on this. And it was a good shout out earlier on the discord. Nashville used to be the city that your least interesting friends went to for a bachelor or bachelorette party because someone was too cheap to pay to go to Vegas. But now it costs almost as much to go to fucking Nashville as it does to go to Las Vegas. And I just don't understand why you would will it, why why you would choose to go to Nashville and pay $30 for buckets of Bud Light and $400 for a hotel room to see some shitty cover band play a country version of Buck Cherry. I just don't need that. I don't give a shit about that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't see the appeal of Nashville. I've never seen the appeal of Nashville. And anyone that claims that Nashville is some bastion of culture, is probably a Miami grad that moved away from Ohio because of the weather. Like, I I still come back to when they first launched into MLS, they um they got off to what was looking like one of the worst starts ever. Uh, at least we forget their entire stadium plan was thrown into disarray because the mayor uh, had a uh, a scandal with her uh, bodyguard at that point, I think was the, uh, the situation, which caused all sorts of deals to come back under review. And uh, there were serious discussions uh, among the, uh, the MLS owners about moving Nashville out of of their their license their league license out of Nashville because they just weren't going to get a stadium site anymore and like serious conversations were had with Louisville's ownership group about whether or not they would be able to accept the the league invite and move the uh, the ownership over with the Wilfs and uh, expand the stadium in Louisville people forget that that was a real thing and then at the same time they did end up getting their stadium but it was built and is built and when you go there you will see this uh it's in the middle of a fairground which is the exact place the columbus crew claimed killed their franchise and killed their their interest and the fans didn't want to show up because it was so hard to get to and uh, anthony precourt tried to move the team to to reinvigorate the business metrics because Columbus fans couldn't be uh, asked to to go to a fairground to support their team. So and that's what Nashville I, did. <laughs> I know that I've been dogged on this podcast and in some of our podcast reviews for praising officials because we never praise officials. You just never praise them at all. Am I going to get dogged for praising Nashville in just one small regard in a way that Please. I think? All right. So, Grayson, I think you'll appreciate this in this only small thing. Nashville this week has attempted to hype this as a rivalry, I think because they're trying to sell tickets down there, which is hilarious in its own right. That they're still trying to sell tickets. But I do give Nashville credit this week in their hyping of the rivalry. 
they are acknowledging the USL years for what true. transpired between these franchises. And they dropped the reference to old Big Bird, which I think is <laughs> remarkably self-aware of their social media team. So in this one small instance, Nashville, respect. <laughs> there is that. Although if we're bringing up their USL history, we have to bring up the fact that they printed a uh, uh Tifo, like on plastic, like from Kinko's in their USL years with just like the worst trash talk ever of like, uh, it was, um, Tim Howard getting a tattoo that says like stay gold or something. Gold don't rust on his That's ass. What it was. That's what it was. It was horrendous. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> They also they, they also accidentally leaked too much of their original TIFO online and Joseph Mamey was able to piece it together through like camera angle, lens distortion, manipulations. And we leaked their first TIFO online, if I remember correctly. We absolutely did that, which was also hilarious. Um, I'm That's also really remembering. Bit. I like that. Their uh, their USL TIFO, that one with Tim Howard, it was accompanied by a Reddit post at the same time that said, "This is the most shade the front office has ever let us throw," which uh, which just made it's it even, funny on so many dumber. levels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this match though, <laughs> how? How do we feel going into this one? As we just learned from uh, from Evan here, uh, this team is winning games that they're not supposed to be winning, that they're they're not losing games that they're supposed to be losing. Uh, but it hasn't necessarily gone according to plan just yet. Maybe the Seattle game was the most complete game we've seen. But how do we feel going into this one, Grayson? Um, i i don't I don't feel great, and it's really got nothing to do with with form. Mm. Um, it, you know, it's fifth game of the season on the road against Nashville. Nashville's a good team. Uh, Mukhtar is, you know, reigning league golden boot, reigning league MVP. Um, so, you know, it feels like one, feels like one that would be very easy, uh, to drop. So, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> Chief, do you have a different opinion or do you agree? No, I, I agree. And just looking at just all right. So Evan was a vibes guy. Vibes yeah. King. We got a vibe check from him. Vibes are high on just a vibes check level right here. It feels like we're due for the loss. They escaped Chicago in a game they probably should have lost in terms of how the flow of play was down two goals, but they didn't. So that's sort of the counterbalancing factor here. I I would say that if you force me to make a prediction, I would give us the benefit of the doubt and say that we find some way to draw here. The real question for this, this matchup is, and it's going to be the question until it stops being the question is, is this the game Brandon Vasquez shows up? And is this the game Brenner shows up? Is this the game the offense shows up? Um, if it is, sky's the limit. If they are still trying to find offensive firepower other places on the field, mm-hmm. it's going to be a bigger ask, I think. Yeah, so yeah. for me, I think I have two big questions going into it. Um, 
one is is Santiago Arias good to start? Yep. Right. Okay. Uh, because you know I you know I I'm not gonna I don't want to disparage Ray Gaddis, right? But Arias is a different it's a very different player. It brings right? more to the table. And there's a lot that the team can do when he's on the field that it can't do when he's off. Um, my other question is now that Angulo has, you know, a lot like 80, 80 minutes of, of game in MLS mm-hmm. under his belt. Uh, if he starts in what should be a more comfortable position for him, you know, what are we going to see? Is he going to be a, cause I'm going to assume, cause we know uh, Moreno is going to be out with, on uh in Saudi Arabia playing for Venezuela. Yep. Uh Kubo I'm going to assume is still going to be out hurt until we hear otherwise. Yeah. Which means that which means Angulo is going to start next to next to Obi. Um I think. And, you know, has he now that he's got a game under his belt and he's going back to his Going back to his natural position, uh, is is he going to be more comfortable? Yeah. Um, who then is the backup midfielder? Then I was just trying to look at the. Uh, I guess Malik, it's Pinto. Malik Pinto, Steven yeah. Jimenez. Okay, Jimenez is still here. It was Robledo who went out on loan. Robledo right? went out okay. to Indy okay. Eleven on loan. Okay, I, I thought. Maybe one of the others did as well. Okay, so that's your that's your backup plan. I really don't mind seeing Angulo in Moreno's spot there. I really do think that that can work. And um, I, I apologize, I, I'm forgetting their name, but somebody pointed out in our Discord that uh, maybe the uh, the lack of sharpness was more due to the fact that the feels like temperature in Chicago was eight degrees, and, and especially for a guy like Angulo, who's played, I, I believe, his entire career in Ecuador slash South America. I don't know how many times he's played in eight degree weather, so I'll, I'll give him some benefit of the doubt of not knowing that the the ball is going to be you know feel five pounds heavier there or whatever. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, as we learned from the Tom Brady deflate gate saga, air pressures change when the temperatures it, change. Yeah, <laughs> it, it can change a game. It can change a ball. I honestly feel a little more positive about this. I'm taking the Chicago fire game as Lucho's shake off the rust game. We've already seen Brenner score the game before that. Next up is Vasquez. He's due. And if you give me Arias and Barriel on the outside, Lucho firing on all cylinders, and Brenner already having seen a goal go in, I don't have any reason to believe that this won't go this won't go well for the offense. Now and Haglund's can the back, defense, so. you you do have Haglund back. back. Yeah. Can the defense hold uh Mukhtar and and Nashville? But otherwise I don't feel bad coming into this one. Give me some half decent weather, and uh, I I think we'll be just fine. Well, at least one of us is optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, I'm not I'm not pessimistic, right? I'm just right. I, I, realistic. I think I think I'm being I think I'm being realistic, right? You're not going to win every game. Um, I don't. Or and, or, or are we? Or the, are we? Right? Oh, the, <laughs> well, you're not going to win or tie every game, I guess I should say. But, okay. Okay. But you know, like 
I, it's like realistically, this is this is one you could easily drop. But like, there's no doubt yeah. in my mind that they're gonna that they're gonna come up for it, and that they're gonna and that they're gonna make it worth watching. Yeah, regardless of what I, happens. I continue to go back to our December predictions just because it's really funny to to do this in my mind, and we had this one. As a loss, a one nothing backbreaker of a loss. So even even back when we were predicting, you know, a near supporter shield run, we had this drawn up as a loss. So maybe maybe this is the uh, the check on my optimism that, you know, we 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 knew we could do well, even even with a tough one here. They win so. this game. It's a it's a runaway freight train in terms of vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is oh, a freight. Yeah, yeah. This is a freight team, and even Norfolk Southern couldn't derail at that point. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna have to bring back Violet Contigo. They should be. I mean, oh, they, we, yes. we, we, yeah. <laughs> I was it about took to me say, a second. Violet Con, Violet like, who is that? Amigo. Oh wait, Contigo. no. The oh, song. The, Amigo. <laughs> the song. The song that they used to play. Dance with me games. or dance with you? <laughs> I was so confused there for a second. No, it's it's Conmigo. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out when he played for us, and uh, boy, that was that was a weird spot. Um, no, so if you had to if you had to put a score on this one, if I could if I could ask for such a, a harsh prediction here, Chief, what scoreline are you going for here? Two two draw. That's what Ooh, I got. Okay, is this a draw that feels like a win or a draw that feels like a loss? Draw that feels like a draw. Okay. Because I was, even I, we didn't we didn't talk about it on Monday, but it was weird. That should have been a draw that felt like a win, but that was a draw that felt like a draw because I thought it was a game we were supposed to win. Right. So you can't be unhappy given the game circumstances with the draw, but objectively speaking, you're not thrilled with the draw versus the worst team in the league. So right. a draw that feels like a draw. Is what I'm going to go with. I do like though that the spirits were high at the end of the game. The players you know, seemed like, happy. Like yeah. the players, the players are the players are feeling really good. Like you, they, you go through a wave of emotion throughout that game, and <laughs> I think I think moving forward, you'd much rather be the team ending it on an emotional high than a team that and that ends it knowing they just they just gave the game away. I yeah. mean, the moral victory in a draw is definitely the team that scores more goals from open play. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It was what it was that we again we didn't talk about it on on or Monday. non penalty goals. But was that the how New York felt about that four four draw in Cincinnati last year? Like, did we feel leaving that one like they did, where? you come back after being down so low, but like they probably walked into that game thinking they should beat a, a bad Cincinnati team. Probably the closest analog. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we or, made them feel that yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe my, maybe Miami last year. Yeah. When they scored, when they scored last second the, to tie us. Yeah, where you want to celebrate? You're like, wait, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have been in this place to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> things have got like, it, things have gone horrendously awry to end at this conclusion. And when you look at the actual in-game flow, it's even worse. So right, <laughs> uh, Grayson, did I ask you for a prediction yet? And if not, will you give me no, one? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three-two loss. 
Ooh, 3-2 loss. Mostly because uh, when I picked us to lose, we did not. But when I picked us to win last weekend... We did not. We did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go 2-1 to one victory because why not? I'll be that guy. Uh, if If... Vasquez and Acosta and Brenner are back. This would be a good game to to demonstrate that. And I think we have reason to believe that they are. Um, so there we are. Uh, gentlemen, is there anything else that we want to touch on here before we, before we head out? Those are our predictions. I believe that does it for us, though. No, just no? Um, I'm gl- I, I do hope they win. Not because it's a rivalry, just because I don't want to deal with Nashville people online. <laughs> it's not an existential dread. It's just like finding out you have ants in your kitchen. You're like, okay, I, I got to like, go deal with this now. Or like dealing with like really annoying family or just I don't I would prefer just not to deal with these people. <laughs> or like when you're when you're going out and your friend is says, oh, yeah, I'm going to meet. I'm going to have another one of my friends meet up with us. And you just don't like that guy or don't like that person for whatever reason. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm, it's not going to make me not go. But also, I'd prefer if he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of my great fears in life is being that guy. Just so you know. So if you guys ever wanted to ruin my life, just tell me that I'm that guy for me. <laughs> I mean, is this the bad time to Grayson and I are thinking about starting our own podcast without you? Uh, well... It's good as time as any to drop out of this call. Then <laughs> it's called it's called a friends film club. No, no, no. <laughs> oh shit! No, that's FFC. <laughs> film club conmigos. Film club cast. FCC. We're just brand, we're just dropping this soccer bullshit. Right. Our first, Mask off. This is a movie podcast. Yeah. Our, our first podcast is the two of us as good friends are going to see Super Mario Brothers together and then going to review it immediately afterwards. Oh, my God. That fuck, I'm not going to watch that movie. Bullshit. We're all, bullshit you're not. Me. We're all going to see it. Like, I've already made plans. Um, so we're going to record an episode in the parking lot after we get out of the movie. So hold on. Hold on. There's something to be said for that. First, first of all, no. <laughs> it's this is not a, this is not a debate <laughs> so, second of all second of all before we go yes i want to call attention to one thing because you, you if there's one thing i love it's a hater yes and there i there was some world-class hating over the weekend <laughs> that is true we, we need to mention, acknowledge this I want to acknowledge it <laughs> um so everybody saw tiago almada's free kick uh against uh for, for atlanta against portland yeah. Um retired MLS goalkeeper uh Nick Ramondo was unimpressed. And here's what he tweeted. That's 30 plus yards out should be max two players in wall. There's four in Atlanta adds three, seven man wall now. Goalkeeper blinding himself. If there's not a wall, I guarantee he saves it. Puts him in the right angle and sees the ball the whole way. Less is more when the free kicks are at a distance. Which is just incredible hating. And in the reply, like he gets into it with people in the replies. Yeah. And it's like, great. Because guys are like, guys are like, they're like, no way you could say that. And in Romano responded to like just a random guy in the street. He's like, you could say that. 
I want to say Michael Parkhurst was also uh, in the comments there, former Atlanta player. I don't know if he has a front office role with Atlanta now, but that that was very funny seeing people jump into his mentions and him basically saying literally anybody could have saved this. (laughs) At what point when you're an athlete and you're deep into the replies with just randos on Twitter, does somebody send you a text message and say, hey, man. It's not worth arguing with this dude. He probably never played above eighth grade soccer. Like you really need to just cool it a little bit. I like it. And I really wish that like more people, athletes or whomever, like engaged more in the comments on Twitter, because that is like the social or you know, the, the public forum, uh, the town square where it's supposed to be. And I really I really like it when people are like in there defending themselves against absolute randos. That is democracy in action. There is no difference between guy who has never kicked a soccer ball and Nick Ramondo in that situation. Um, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I was about best. to say this. Ex- I was yes. about to say this exact same tweet. So, I have so it already Durant, pulled up. <laughs> Kevin Durant's known to get into it with people on Twitter, and yeah. somebody like quote tweeted and it was like, "Relax, man. You're Kevin Durant," and he responded, "There's no relaxed champ." No relax when I'm on Twitter. I'm on 10 until the second I close the app. You relax. <laughs> it's, the incredible. Gr- it's, the, it's the greatest tweet of all time. <laughs> there was a that, t- that's up there with like Clint Dempsey's like, nah, I'm good, pimp. <laughs> His only tweet for 10 years or something. <laughs> I'm on 10 until the second I close the app. You relax. <laughs> Oh, man. I forget the other player I saw is an NFL wide receiver. I think even retired NFL wide receiver had that as his uh, bio. Just just that Kevin Durant's tweet as text. Um, So good. Oh, shit. Well, with that, Chief. Can I say zip him up again? No, you cannot. (laughs) Not while the NIT dream is alive. (laughs) Oh, okay. In that case, zip them up and fuck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.